Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 150 of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site of Visibility at sitevisibility.com. I'm Andy White. And I'm Kelvin Newman. And it's another question. Sorry, I yeah, jumped into you. Yeah, 1.5 centuries of podcast episodes. Really? Yeah, 150, yeah. Oh yeah, yes. 1.5 centuries. Of, well, in years. Yeah, not, not in years. It feels like years working with you, Anyway, moving on. So um, I have in my hand three <laughs> sheets of paper yes. uh, with three questions on, one question per sheet. And let's get straight into it. So the first one is from Chris Hill. Hi, Kelvin. A question for you. If you type voluntourism... Volunteer, yeah, I think so. It's volunteer, it's spelled V-O-L-U-N-T-O-U-R-I-S-M into Google. www.voluntourism.org, brackets, including subpages, brackets, occupies the first four positions. How have they done this? Have a super week. Yeah, well, so basically what they've done there is it's a branded term, which always helps um, because what Google are looking for there is it's a term that it's very difficult for someone else to be a more authoritative page about their brand than themselves. Oh, Um, so they're linking to themselves. Well, essentially what is happening is when you're getting those kind of results, it's because they are the number one, the number two, the number three, number four, most reputable page for that search query now this differs because it used to be that you just had one then an indent and that would be it but now you've got site links you've got all kind of combinations of links that can point to your website in an actual search result and it seems to be changing on a weekly if not daily basis which ones the default options but really what we've got here is it's a website that is they own they own that search term um now what if you want to rank for those search terms you've just got to be a better page than those so you'd be looking at the metrics so do that. Where where is that keyword on that on that page? Is it in the mm. title tag? Is it in the H one? Is it in the body content? Is it in the internal links pointing towards that page? What are the external links to that page like? What are the internal links to that page like? Um, and it's just a case of that for that particular search term in Google's eyes, there are no better pages for that than than that website. Now, generally speaking, Google are striving for domain diversity in a SERP result. They would prefer there to be ten separate websites than than one website unless they're confident that that is the website that people are looking for. So um, lessons you can learn from that, try and dominate your own branded terms. So search for your branded terms, your brand name and brand name plus product and see who else is ranking there. See what pages of your, 
So say you've got one page in position one, try and work out what the second best page from your site is on there, either by searching through or doing a site colon your domain name plus the keyword. So you could do site colon voluntourism.org forward slash voluntourism and then see what the second result is and then try building some links to that page as well to try but and improve that. Presumably... Mm. Um, the fact that it's a word that not many people use in their everyday language is going to help. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's effect- yeah, like I say, it's effectively a branded term, so there's less yeah. going to be less competition for that. But um, I think I think you can learn from what that you know a page that ranks like that, and just try and understand on your branded terms what more can you be doing to dominate that that that, that search term because there's an opportunity there for someone else to jump in and cannibalize some of your sales possibly someone who's a reseller of yours so you're ultimately getting money but just getting less of it or an affiliate or some negative branding you know we've worked with people who've had negative feedback appearing on their brand name well, i'm still trying to get my head around how you can be first second third and fourth on a particular term Are i couldn't i couldn't links i couldn't replicate it it's right. different pages so it's okay. like home page internal about us page and i couldn't replicate it but that question was sent a few a uh, few weeks ago right. and, uh, but it does happen, and it happens when your four pages are the four best pages about that search term. Okay, moving on. We have another long letter here. A novel, another novel, uh, from uh, Matthew Ockwell. And he, he writes, Dear Kelvin, or hey Kelvin, uh, first off, I want to thank you, Nandy, for producing this wonderful podcast. You've been sending a lot of these fivers out, haven't you, for people to... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for that. Um, you're always playing while I'm driving, cooking, working, etc. My girlfriend is beginning to hate you guys. <laughs> Most women hate me anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm used to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been listening to your cheery voices ever since Andy had that Star Wars phaser microphone he liked to complain about. However, I can't remember that. However, now that he's upgraded from coffee shops with screaming babies, maybe he can work on toning down his campness. <laughs> so it turns out you're the camp one, Andy, then, not me on that. Right, reading all. I'm beginning to work at a travel agency. No, I do, probably. Now I've, now I've broken my voice. Um, I'm beginning to work on a travel agency website called Then and Now, and I came across a few questions that I was hoping you could answer. First question, how does weight... Uh, sorry, let me start again. How much weight does a website with dashes between the words have against one without it? Actually, I, I want to ask that question mm. as well. Uh, for instance, then dash and dash now.com against then and now, sort of altogether.com. I've noticed these domains are becoming more popular with the dashes, and I was wondering if they were worth their weight in T. If both sites were complete duplicates of each other, do you know if Google would prefer one over the other? I can guess why people are using dashes, because the domain name's been taken. Uh, second question, we plan to create a lot of detailed content with each tour page. For instance, a complete breakdown of what's going on each day of travel, and maybe a little bit of history of the surrounding area. However, I don't know how I feel about a war and peace novel sitting on the purchase page. Um, I want that page as clean as possible and as simple as possible, uh, but I don't... Uh, but I know that content is good spider food. Would this be a good place to use a wiki? Is it spider-friendly if I keep a brief description on the purchase page but link all historical stuff through the wiki? Or should I just put everything on the purchase page? Um, I can see how the wiki could help a lot with internal links, but don't know if it's worth it. What are your thoughts? Thank you again for your infinite amount of knowledge, and please don't stop the podcast, not even vac- for vacations. Cheers! Matthew Ockwell, Orlando, 
FLA, which presumably means Florida. Yes. U.S. of A. Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah, on the first question on um, are hyphens in domain names a good thing? Well, I don't think... Certain people think that if there's over a certain number of um, hyphens in a domain name that you're going to struggle to rank, and they reckon about one or two is probably the logic. My rule on domain names is um, what I call kind of the radio test, and other people have called you know the radio test, which is... If you tell someone your domain name, do you have to kind of caveat that? Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. it's hyphen this, hyphen that, you know. and Yeah, it's like me and Dr. Potter say, Dr. Potter, doctor, spelled out fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, 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 if you can go, if you have the choice and you own both, I'd go without the, the hyphen one because two reasons. One, it's going to be harder to, to say if you need to mm. tell someone it. And certainly in the past there have been more spammy sites with hyphens in it whether or not you know that is still the case it certainly was in the past where it's kind of super hyphen um viagra hyphen deals hyphen um dot com slash biz kind of you know type mm. situations and um i would i would i would always go with the kind of non-hyphenated version if at all possible but in domain names um urls is a bit different hyphenated is probably better because it's a li- little bit easier to read but the convention is to go without in the domain name. So I don't think there's like, I don't think that would be exclusively down to SEO. You'd make the, that decision. But I think looking at the picture as a whole, I think you're always going to be better going with a non-hyphenated version just because it's harder to get your head around people remembering mm. uh, which way it is. So that's the first answer to that question. Um, second question about putting additional content on the purchase pages. There's definitely a risk of uh, muddying the water about what the purpose of a purchase page is um, and you want a page where someone is purchasing there to be one clear action which is to purchase um, but having said that it's good to have in-depth content on your on your site because there's a great variation of keywords there's more likelihood that you'll be able to answer all the questions that your clients have so they're less likely to not have a question answered and then decide not to buy now, how do you go about doing that wiki one possible solution um i don't think that necessarily needs to be a wiki unless you're particularly keen to get your clients or you sorry your customers to contribute to it because that's what makes a wiki unique it's the kind of contribution angle to it mm. rather than the structure um you could have a resource center a blog all ways of handling having that additional content or you could put it on the product page but use kind of css to kind of only make certain bits visible at certain points in time so you might have a here is a, a kind of here is the itinerary and you have a two sentence description of the itinerary then a read more which then opens up a bit of css so all the contents there so for the so search engine still be there on the, yeah the search engines were still seared of course yeah. weren't they yes yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a, a, a technique that lots of websites are using and as long as you're not doing it to deliberately hide a lot of content because mm. i have seen situations like that where it's a kind of one sentence click here for more and then it opens up a five thousand word you know piece of text that's so half crammed full of keywords I wouldn't do it for that thing but if it's a kind of I've got an itinerary that's a page of A4 I don't want that on the page you just have a click here to read the full itinerary and it pops down I think that's kind mm. of quite reasonable as a solution there so yeah I'd go for the non-hyphenated domain and um, I would consider getting if you can write the content get it on your website where should you put it if you put it on the product page make sure it's easy to purchase and it doesn't overwhelm that page and one way of doing that is with CSS styling or put it somewhere else on the site and consider a resource centre or a blog as a means of doing that. Okay. So avoid the hyphens. I've often wondered about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if it's a single hyphen, I probably would be have a slightly different perspective. Mm. But 
as soon as you get to two, it starts to get a little bit tricky to kind of read out. Okay, moving on to the third and final question. Uh, this is from Mark. Um, I have a keyword-rich domain, bikes.org.uk. Hey, that's a cool domain. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. Well, well done for getting that one. Um, which is a bike review blog. How do you think Google will handle these types of domains going forward? Uh, is this likely to be less well uh, than they have in the past? What advice would you give to ensure that I do not lose traffic? Many thanks. Mark. Yeah, so these are what are known in the trade as EMDs or exact match domains. So that's where Ooh. you purchase a domain name that precisely matches what it is that the search term is. Now, um, it used to be in the past you'd be able to get these for dot coms. It might be like hotels.com, you know, a client who you have a sort of visibility. Um, but there's not many of them around now. Um, you do get them for like longer ones where it might be three word phrases and I've bought a few in the past for kind of personal projects that are kind mm. of two or three word phrases with .co.uk's on the end or you can go down the route where you go kind of like an org.uk now mm. the reason people buy these is one is they're a bit more brandable so you know suddenly bikes.org.uk sounds more impressive than um, .com, Yeah, you know which is kind of an option there and also generally speaking Google have tended to reward these sites and they seem to get higher search results as a consequence of them and that's for two reasons one is because people tend to link to them using you get a lot of your links will be containing your brand name and if your brand name is also your url that helps quite well and if it's exactly the same phrases as well but it's also because google think they're a brand right so how did google tell if hotels.com is a brand or not because when people are searching for hotels.com, it's their brand, but it's also their keyword. And you get these types of situations where if your brand name and your main keyword can be the same thing, it's difficult for Google to tell whether it's a branded search, which you ought to be number one for, mm. or a generic search where potentially other people should be involved. So that's why exact match domains go very well. And, you know, I've owned a few in the past and I know that they tend to work quite well in search results. But generally speaking, SEOs are like, and like the chap here said, that concern that how long is that going to last? Well, my question is, they're going to have to crack down at some point, but the problem they haven't is because of the collateral damage, because you've got to think that what's the difference between an exact match domain and a brand? So say uh, there's a UK retailer called Argos, right? Yeah. Mm. So if I search for Argos, Argos should be number one. But how do Google know that Argos is a branded term and hotels isn't? Or... Um, to go for one that doesn't have a, a brand name associated with it, microphones. So, right, you've got two search terms. You've got microphones.com for the search term microphone. And you've got argos.com for the search term argos. How did Google know that argos is a brand name, but yeah. microphones.com isn't? We need semantic domains. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and this is kind of it. So they don't understand it, so they mm. have to kind of go about it in a different ways. So that's mm. why they've not changed it. So what would I say was, well, hopefully at some point, I imagine Google have got teams of people trying to determine what's a brand and what's not a brand. So what have you got to do if you own an exact match domain name? You've got to try and send the signals to Google that you're a brand, right? So are people searching for bikes.org.uk in search results? Are a lot of your links using the full URL? Um do people mention your brand name but not link to you? Because that's when they're referring to your website, they talk about the URL, even if they haven't actually made it a link. Mm. Um, you know, and all these types of issues as well. So do you have, when someone searches for, if he rank, ranks for bikes, do when that result comes up and he's in first place, say, do you get 
the lion's share of the clicks like a brand would. Because basically, like, so say I go back to the Argos one, I search for Argos, they're number one, and then there's Argos, you know, um, news, an article about their latest profit release mm. on, on the Guardian in second position. I'm still going to click on the first result, and that's going to be higher than it would be on a normal if I search for microphones, if you see what I mean. Mm. So are you sending those signals? And I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't like advise people to not buy exact match domains uh, because there's value there. But I think you've got to um, understand that there could be an update that could impact that. So therefore, you need to be building a sustainable business that exists on more than just the fact that you happen to rank for one key phrase. Sick stuff. And I think we'll have to wrap it there. Kelvin. So it's goodbye from me, Andy White. And goodbye from me, Kelvin Newman. And we will be back next week. Have we got one last question? One last Q&A episode coming up next, yes, of our four-episode run of questions and answers. So that means we're completely out of Q&A questions. We're raring to go for more. So if you've got any more, send them in. So you can email me. That's Kelvin, K-E-L-V-I-N, dot Newman, which is N-E-W-M-A-N, at sitevisibility.com. Of course, all that's in the show notes. Or you could ask us a question in the LinkedIn group as well. Don't call him Kevin because he doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, so, and if you write Kevin at uh, Kevin.Newman, it might not ever reach me. So. That's right, yes. So we'll see you next week on Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Goodbye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well that's it for now. Andy White is signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 